Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. The Indianapolis Colts took down the Tennessee Titans in week five. But now that it's week 13, it's a whole different story. Can the Colts sweep the Titans in 2023? Let's talk about it. Welcome to the Horseshoe Huddle podcast presented by Fan Nation on SI.com, part of the Fans First Sports Network. My name is Andrew Moore, joined here as always by my fellow writer, analyst, and co-host of the Horseshoe Huddle podcast, Drake Wally. Drake, whenever the Colts and Titans face off, it's always a, a very hard-fought game between these two teams. Not only that, the fans take it a little bit more personal uh, as well. And, and it started early this week on social media with Colts fans and Titans fans going back and forth. But it's it's always a fun matchup between these two teams. And, and I don't think that it's going to look as easy for the Indianapolis Colts this time around. But how are you doing, buddy? I'm doing really good, and I'm right there with you. This is a rivalry that has has started, um, especially ever since Andrew Luck retired, and and you had 11 to 0 with Luck, and then you've had this this string of victories up until this year with the Titans, where they were pretty much just destroying Indianapolis, whether it was Rivers, whether it was Ryan or Wentz, it didn't matter. So um, I I think that this is always a fun matchup, and that like you said, the fan bases really take it a little farther and are a little bit more personal. Um, but I I think that it's a passionate fan base against another passionate fan base and you've got two teams that are really ready to get things done but I do think that the Colts at this point may have a little bit more to lose if they lose this game than Tennessee just because I think Tennessee's kind of packing it in in a way and letting Will Levis take over the offense as the rookie so the Colts are six and five the Tennessee Titans are four and seven but all four of their wins have came at Nissan Stadium so they're they're a little bit different team at home the Colts are going to have to make sure they take care of business in Tennessee so that way they can stick right into the thick of this AFC playoff picture stats Matt is our first comment of the evening howdy fellas rivalry week is upon us let's shut the Titans fans on X up please I, uh, hopefully the Colts can do that uh, on Sunday we have our first super Super chat of the night from Truett, the legend himself, with our $2 super chicker. Thank you, super sticker, I should say. Thank you so much, Truett, uh, for all of your support. Really means uh, a lot to us here. Anthony Doe, the guy that, that basically funded our entire show for a week, just an absolute legend, uh, coming in with this. He's like, what's up, fellas? Have a great show. Thank you so much, Anthony, for being here. Uh, glad you could join us again for another live live episode. And, and Logan Schmidt, well, the GOAT. 
out here. F the Titans. Hey, he's, I think he's he's got the same sentiment as most Colts fans. And Anthony could not be untone. Again, $5 super chat. Anthony, thank you so much for all of your support, buddy. It really does mean the world to Drake and I. Anthony says, beat the Titans. Have a great show, y'all. Well, we're going to do just that, Anthony. Thank you so much. And, and hopefully you enjoyed this episode as well. So before we get started, guys, what do I always say? Go follow us on all of our socials. And I really hope you all take this to heart. Go like Horse you huddle on facebook follow at colts on fn on x and subscribe to the horseshoe huddle youtube channel hit that bell so you know whenever drake and i go live whenever shaw goes live at saddle up show so you never miss an episode and if you can't catch us live or on youtube apple spotify google wherever you listen to podcasts we're on there as well so make sure you subscribe give us a five-star review so that way we can reach other colts fans just like you and speaking of other colts fans wanted to give a special shout out to the goat logan schmidt and and what he's been doing uh on the x platform so logan's got a a, a colts ticket give a christmas giveaway uh, uh that he did last year and is doing this year wanted to give it a shout out give it some pub here on our show so uh logan is is has started a gofundme where colts fans can donate so he can send two colts fans uh, a parent and a child to the colts versus steelers game on december 16th uh so i wanted to give it a pub and and i i linked the the uh the link to that gofundme in the description below whether you're listening to us uh, or you're watching on youtube the link is below make sure you click on it and then if you you can spread some holiday cheer go donate a few bucks uh so that way we can get these colts fans whoever win this giveaway very deserving colts fans the best possible seats in lucas oil stadium so i wanted to give a shout out to logan for for doing something awesome uh this christmas season and I wanted to make sure we we pubbed that to get some more colts fans to to go there and and donate if you can so like i said links in the description logan Thank you so much, buddy. Oh, you're yeah, you're really you're really doing doing good things and then spreading the love for Colts Nation here. So I wanted to make sure we took care of that before we dive into all of our content tonight. And and to, and wanted to make sure to tell you guys the 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 giveaway ends tomorrow. So Logan's going to be closing it off tomorrow. So make sure if you do want to donate, go ahead and do it this evening so you don't miss out on that opportunity. Thanks again, Logan, for for doing that. Thought thought it was a really cool gesture uh, that to to put that together. All right, Drake, let's talk about Colts Titans. Colts are on the road, but they're still one point favorites uh, going into Nissan Stadium this weekend. Again, Colts beat the Titans 20, I think it was 23 uh, 17 uh, to in week five, the, the same week that Anthony Richardson went down with his season ending surgery. Gardner Minshew steps in, has a, uh, and is able to keep the offense afloat. Obviously, Zach Moss had a, had a monster game that day, and the Colts were able to get the victory. Uh, I think the titans are, are really going to try to make things a little bit more difficult on the colts this time around though yeah and it's it's going to be interesting because the first time you're talking about the situational it, anthony richardson started the game all right zach moss's massive game-breaking run as you so brilliantly pointed out when we did the episode came from anthony richardson being on the field Okay, and it came from a linebacker misstepping looking at richardson instead of moss and moss got the step on him so i you've got as we've seen, when teams have a full week to prepare for Gardner Minshew, it's a different Minshew than what it is when you plop the guy in and you haven't had a chance to really game plan for his efficient ways of throwing the ball. So I think that it's going to be a lot closer of a game than people think. Do not ever write off a Mike Vrabel-led team, especially when you have Derrick Henry and a gritty defense that even without Kevin Byard, they're still dangerous enough up front. Exactly. That's one of the reasons why the Tennessee Titans are so dangerous is because of their head coach, Mike Vrabel. You know, the, these, these players are consistently play hard and play for coach Vrabel. I mean, he's one of the best coaches in the entire NFL. And, and I think it's going to be uh, going to be a dog fight there on Sunday. And obviously we, we, we didn't touch on or didn't do a live show on Tuesday, not on Tuesday when the news broke, but the Colts, the ma the majority of the Colts news this week has surrounded number 28. And unfortunately it's not good news. Jonathan Taylor uh, suffered a thumb injury against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, last week. Wasn't discovered until Monday night. And it turns out he did have surgery on that thumb. Uh, the Colts thought that was the best course of action. Wanted to make sure he gets, he gets healthy for the rest of this stretch run. There would have been some problems with him being able to grip the football. 
Plus, with everything that's gone on with Jonathan Taylor in the past, as far as his ankle injury and his concerns about being rushed back from an injury too soon or playing through an injury that should have been cleaned up and taken care of, the Colts aired on the safe side and and went through with the surgery this week. Uh, Shane Steichen said IR is not being considered, which I think is a really good thing. It means that they don't think he's going to be out very long, two to three weeks at the most. So, Drake, what did you think about this, about the injury to to Jonathan? Jonathan Taylor and really the effect it's going to have on this team moving forward. Uh, yeah. So uh, first off real quick, uh, shout out to two people in the chat, Jesse Newman listening from Minnesota. Really appreciate you doing that up in the land of the Vikings of skull town. So yeah. thank you so much. Uh, and also we've got Kalen 50 go Colts from Germany. So hopefully you got to see them have a Ooh. very ugly win um, across the pond in Germany. Thank you so much for tuning <laughs> Absolutely. in. Absolutely. Really appreciate it. Um, Jonathan Taylor's injury, it's, it, it, I think it goes back to the first time the Titans played the Colts. They didn't even have Jonathan Taylor in this game. Okay. Like it was one of those things where, well, actually did he return they, against the Titans? That was the game he returned. He did it, return didn't get six didn't carries. Get much, yeah. Didn't get much run. The Colts were trying to ease him back. Didn't need much run when you have Zach Moss with 195 total yards and two touchdowns, but, but basically was a non-factor. There's just been so much stuff that's happened. I I, I lose track, but um, I think that this is a great opportunity for Zach Moss. I think that it's a great opportunity for him to show that this wasn't a flash in the pan performance early on in the year. Now teams have had a chance to also just like Minshew game plan for him too. But I do think, man, it would be a lot better if Taylor was in this game just to have both guys with Minshew being that he can't move like Anthony Richardson could. Um, But hey, you know what? I, I, I do think that it's going to put a little bit of a wrinkle in Shane Steichen's game plan because really outside of Moss, I think Trey Sermon is the next guy and that's pretty much it. So it basically expects Zach Moss to kind of have the carries and the the share like he did against the Ravens. He's probably going to get almost all, if not all of the carries from the backfield. Yeah. And I, I, I really think that if, and I, and I kind of wrote about this last night that came out this morning in my piece if if this was any other year and and Jonathan Taylor goes down and has to miss two to three weeks with the Colts in the thick of of a playoff race I mean the Colts are screwed you know you're talking about you know the season being over because Jonathan Taylor is that important to this offense but but this season you don't really have to worry about that as much am I saying that Jonathan Taylor doesn't he his impact won't be felt no it certainly will be but you have Zach Moss back there who has proven all year to be a, a guy that is more than capable of, of stepping in, keeping the ship afloat again, and, and producing. I mean, believe it or not, Zach Moss is still 10th in the NFL in rushing. And we've seen, obviously, we've seen his role diminish greatly over these past few weeks because Jonathan Taylor is back. And, and rightfully so, Taylor's playing very well. I mean, he had his best game of the year against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But the fact that Zach Moss is still 10th in the league in rushing, rushing despite having 10 fewer carries than anybody else in that top 10 really speaks volumes to what Zach Moss has been able to accomplish this season. And and if there was one guy that really gave the Tennessee Titans trouble uh, against the uh, in week five, it was Zach Moss. So I, I agree, Drake. I think it's going to be a game plan heavy on Zach Moss. I, I And the Titans are really going to have to stop it. One caveat to that is is kind of what Stats Matt says. My scare is Tart is back, uh, so that should slow the run game that was so good last matchup. And and that does, that's the thing. Tart is the Tennessee Titans' Grover Stewart. He is their best run defender right there in the middle. So it's not going to be as easy as as it was for for Zach Moss to take over the game. You say that, but the Colts offensive line is is healthier. They're they're they've kind of gotten into a little bit more of a rhythm since then. So and I, I think that will certainly help uh, uh the, the Colts be able to establish the run against this Tennessee Titans defense. Yeah, and I would say really look out for the left tackle and right tackle. Look out for Raymond and for Smith because they're going to need to block better on the outside because I really think that that inside is going to is going to be a bit of a wall early on in the game. I think that Mike Vrabel is going to simply take away the interior runs from Zach Moss and he's going to force Zach Moss to beat with uh, beat them with speed. So I I'm right there with you. Tart arriving is going to make things way different. It's just obviously the Titans don't have DeForest Buckner, but it's just as valuable for them to get him back as it will be when the Colts get Grover Stewart back in the interior. 
Right. Ryan Kelly's practice both days this week doesn't, unless he has another setback, he has been in that full contact jersey. So it looks like the, the Colts will have their full starting offensive line together once again. And, and you'd mentioned it, Drake, about Trey Sermon being the only running back, and that's it. it the Colts will probably, the, Shane Steichen had said, earlier in the week that they don't anticipate getting another running back bringing someone in because Uh they don't think Jonathan Taylor is going to miss much time and they do have a couple of running backs on the practice squad you're a guy that you're really high on uh Xavier Scott uh is is still on the practice squad maybe he gets called up for uh uh, for his game action and then they also have Tyler Goodson on the practice squad as well so I would assume one of those two gets pulled up uh, as that third running back for Sunday uh and and then they'll, they'll just roll with the punches there speaking of those running backs those aren't the only ones that are going to determine you mentioned you mentioned Gardner Minshew Drake and and how he he really performed pretty well against the Tennessee Titans that first week that was the week that we thought you know Gardner Minshew was was doing what he was what he really needs to do to keep this offensive flow. He was just distributing the ball all around the field, you know, and, and he was, he didn't seem too flustered in the pocket. He was, he was getting the ball out quickly and just letting his athletes do the work. So which Minshew are we going to get Drake? Do you think we're going to get the same, the Gardner Minshew that we saw in week five, where he stays calm and is able to distribute it to the running backs, Michael Pittman, Josh Downs, Or are we going to see the Minshew that we have seen for the most part since week five, the one that gets rattled really easily, senses pressure before it gets there? Which number 10 are we going to see? It's really tough to say because the Titans, while they do have a kind of a middle of the road pass defense, I think they're like 19th in the league or something like that uh, with passing yards allowed. They still have only allowed 20.4 points per game. So they've been a stout defense that's also in their own way kind of been almost like that bend but don't break style and they also have 29 sacks and that's without tart who provides a lot of interior pressure too along with just he's not just a run stopper he also provides a lot of that interior pressure uh i is harold landry healthy i think he's i can't remember if he's Um, healthy or not i'm not sure i can i can check on that yeah like that i really think that it's going to be different i don't think it's going to be as easy for Minshew to just go out there and have 11 out of 14 pass completions like he did last time. I think it's going to be t- more difficult. And in the last game, Alec Pierce wasn't even present. It was Josh Downs with six cash- catches, Michael uh, Pittman with five. And then it's a, it's a pretty big drop-off. You got Moss with two, Alec Cox Taylor with one, Ogletree with two, Granson with two, and for not many yards. I think that they're going to take away those short little dinky completions now that Minshew plays all four quarters. I think they're going to force him to do what he usually doesn't do, and that's throw deep. I think they're going to make him do some different things this time. Um, But, man, it's all going to come down to his decision-making because he's not in Lucas Oil Stadium this time. I know the Colts haven't played well at home. They've arguably played better on the road. Um, But like you said, the Titans are undefeated at home this year. You know, so it's it's really going to be interesting to see what happens. Or, excuse me, all four of their wins are at home. So it's going to be really interesting to see if Minshew can adjust to, you know, a hostile environment while probably dealing with, as usual, more blitzes from Mike Vrabel's defense. Yeah, I, I would agree there. It's it's really going to all come down to the decision-making of, of Gardner Minshew. You know, and, and Harold Landry is healthy, by the way. No, no injury designation hasn't Uh-oh. been on the uh, injury report all week. So the, the Titans defensive line is going is coming in here fairly healthy. Uh, I know, and again, we, we haven't talked about him yet, but Danico Autry is, is certainly going to be looking to try to, uh, try to wreak havoc on the Colts. Like he does every single time, uh, the Colts play the Titans. So that that's going to be the thing. And, and I think Shane Steichen, uh, obviously he isn't going to use the same game plan as he did against the Tennessee Titans. I think he's done a really good job of, 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 of being able to adapt week by week and and not looking the same but it, when when the Colts face a, a, a another uh, opponent we we've been able to see him adapt this season so it, it's going to be interesting uh, i think if the Colts really really dial things back allow uh quick passes for Gardner Minshew start using a lot of the RPOs that 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 they used 
against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So that way it kind of counters the, that pressure. You know, Gardner Minshew is able to get the, the ball out quickly to those wide receivers. Uh, I think I think that could be a way that, that that the Colts are able to move the football down the field. And And while the Titans, they have only allowed about 20 points per game, Colts have only scored less than 20 points in one contest this season. So uh, I, I I would expect Shane Steichen and, and his group to, to kind of go over that and 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 it be a, a more a higher scoring game. Let's move on to the defensive side of the ball here, Drake, and 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 talk about a guy that could have been the Colts quarterback uh if the things worked out differently in the NFL draft Will Levis. Will Levis is now the starting quarterback for the Tennessee Titans and and he started out pretty hot but it seems like over the last couple of weeks things have came back down to earth and it seemed and and just by looking at the film and and kind of watching Levis he still has a little bit of an issue with pressure. It seems like he still holds the ball a little bit too long and 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 allows the pressure to get to him. So Drake in my opinion this is probably one of the biggest keys to this game it's that front four for the indianapolis colts they did a really good job pressuring baker mayfield i think they're going to need to do it again this week against will levis yeah and i think that it's it's actually an interesting situation where the titans would be better off with Tannehill if he was playing just because of the experience just because he's dealt with nfl pressure but this is the fifth this team has allowed the fifth most sacks in the entire league I, i think they're sitting at uh 36th or uh, 36 sacks allowed on the year. Now, obviously the giants are the, the champion allowing almost 70. So um, <laughs> it's hard to beat. It's hard to beat that. So at the end of the day, Will Levis, like you said, he started out hot, but in these past couple of weeks, we've seen him react way different when pressure's in his face. He throws some pretty, some pretty scary throws. He puts the ball in harm's way and the Colts have had players, Kenny Moore, Julian Blackman that have taken advantage of that. Rodney Thomas the second. There have been guys that have been able to take away the football. Now, it's going to be really, really – I really think that with the Tennessee Titans' weaker offensive line, you're going to be looking for a guy like DeForest Buckner. They're going to be probably double-teaming him. They're probably going to just say, look, right out of the gate, we're taking away Defoe. Look for other guys to have opportunities open up, guys like your Quiddy Pays, guys like your Samson Ebicoms and your Dio Dangbos and, and your Taekwon Lewis's, guys like that. Um, maybe even Isaiah Land gets himself another sack and all hell, and all hell breaks loose. So I, I'm right there with you. That's one of the most important keys, if not the biggest, I think the biggest goal for the Colts is get pressure on Will Levis because he's a rookie and he's not going to deal with it like a veteran does. I think it's the biggest discrepancy between the two teams as well. You mentioned that the the Titans have allowed the fifth most sacks in the NFL this season. Colts ranked fifth in the NFL in sacks this season. So obviously, I mean, we've seen what DeForest Buckner can do. There's no question that DeForest Buckner is going to be priority one for this Tennessee Titans offensive line. But I mean, Samson Abukam is coming on. Dio Odangbo had was not the the Dio Odangbo that we have seen so far this season in Week Five. You know, Dio Odangbo has really came on. Quiddy Pay got a sack, and and Quiddy Pay I think is finally getting back into that rhythm again after that uh, uh, after that injury. You know, and and those are just those are just four of the guys that that can impact. I don't want to short Taekwon Lewis either. Taekwon Lewis can certainly have an impact, not only with sacks but just pressure in general that's the thing that that i think is going to be crucial yes you you want to look at the colts sack numbers and and, and you want to tell you want to, the colts to be able to get levis on the ground but i don't think that's the only way that you can affect will levis will levis will hold the ball for a long time but he under pressure that's when he tends to make mistakes number one because he's a rookie number two that's just ha- he, he he's still got that big arm mentality where he feels like he can fit the ball into any hole that that's uh, that's out there in the defense and it's just simply not true in the NFL so that's that's going to be key if you're not going to be able to sack will Levis and bring him down you still need to be getting pressure because like you said you made a really good point there that that I didn't even think of until you you just said it. The, the Colts have been very opportunistic, you know, and if the ball is thrown in harm's way, usually the Colts are, are, are going to take advantage of that with, like you said, Kenny Moore, Julian Blackman has, has done that. We saw Ronnie Harrison last week. I'm sure he's probably going to get more snaps in that dime linebacker uh, uh, situation. Do we see Daryl Baker Jr. and Jalen Jones? Do we see either one of them get an interception this week? Uh, if, if they're playing really tight coverage on these 
on these Titans pass catchers. So that's something that I, that I think Gus Bradley's unit really needs to, to keep in mind is, is to consistently keep your head on a swivel because there are going to be turnover opportunities in this game. And I think the Colts really have to take advantage of those opportunities, give short fields for your offense just to make things easier. So Gardner Minshew and, and Zach Moss don't have to drive 80 yards down the field in, in an opposing team stadium every single drive. Yeah, and they're going to be there. Those throws that are are errant, those throws that are not accurate, those throws where he trusts where Will Levis has any quarterback, rookie quarterback, especially who has a cannon like that, he's going to throw those passes that are not going to be accurate at times. So you got to try to take advantage of it. You got to try to bring those balls in. Right now, Kenny Moore and Julian Blackman tied for the team lead with three interceptions. Then it's Rodney Thomas and then a collection of others with one. So uh, don't be surprised. This is not discounting Will Levis. I'm just saying he's a confident rookie that is going to throw to a very depleted and underwhelming receiving core with not much to offer for an offensive line. So I think that you will have opportunities and don't be surprised if you see a pick or two, honestly. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Shout out to my beautiful wife, Danielle, for her nightly super sticker here. Uh, really appreciate it. She's currently out there uh, uh, in, in our living room and in, in our kitchen. She's currently decorating for Christmas right now. And I'll go. be joining her after the show, uh, jo- uh, putting up that tree, getting everything, putting all the Colts ornaments on the tree. You know, just just make – you know what I need to do is I have so many – Colts ornaments that people have gotten me over the years. I just need to get like a white Christmas tree with blue lights and have a Colts Christmas tree. You know, I I think that that needs to be uh, that needs to be a goal of mine for for next Christmas season. But but thank you so much uh, for all of your support. So let's 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 switch your gears a little bit, Drake, from talking about Will Levis to King Henry. You know, King Henry, uh, a guy that maybe isn't having his best season, Derrick Henry, uh, but he's certainly a formidable back, always is against the Indianapolis Colts. So I'm going to ask you this because I think this, I think some some Colts fans may think that Derrick Henry isn't priority one for this Colts defense anymore. But should he be? Do you think that that stopping Derrick Henry is still the biggest key to stopping the Colts or I'm sorry, the the Titans offense? I think it's more important than ever now that you have a rookie quarterback. Um, I think that he's going to be leaned on more than he's been leaned on, even with Ryan Tannehill. And the thing is, though, the Colts are actually one of the bottom teams in rushing yards allowed per game defensively, and they still don't have Grover Stewart. And we've seen what Derrick Henry can do. 
against a gap that's just against a gap that's just wide open for the team. And in the first game, Grover Stewart was playing. Okay, so you don't have Grove this time. You've got mm-hmm. either Isaiah Land or you've got Eric Johnson. Or if they decide to rotate in Dio Dangbo or Taekwon Lewis, it doesn't matter. None of those guys are Grover Stewart. So look for on run plays it to be trap blocks on DeForest Buckner, where it's Stewart and just a backup tackle. Look for it. Look for them to do whatever they can do to just get Derrick Henry a gap without DeForest Buckner in it. They're going to do whatever they can. So I really think this is even more important than before to stop Derrick Henry. Now, until anyone else leads this offense, I don't think that there's anyone that's more important to stop. I, I like, like you said, he's had a bit of a down year, but he is still one of the most dangerous guys one-on-one and in the open field. And you just have to gang tackle him. You still have to bring this bull, bull of a man down. I don't care if he's got some wear and tear on the tires. He can still break a run loose, and he can still absolutely pulverize your defense if you don't stop him and if you don't stop him early on. Right. And and the, for all for all of us saying uh, – for all the saying of Derrick Henry's had a, a down year, Derrick Henry's still fifth in the league in rushing with 739 <laughs> yards. So – for us to be saying that he that he's having a little bit of a down here, which which I think I think the consensus is that he is, and for him to still be in the fifth in the league and rushing just kind of speaks to the greatness that Derrick Henry has been for this Tennessee Titans team for for almost a decade now. It's pretty pretty incredible. So, uh, but yeah, Drake, I, I think that that Derrick Henry is still going to be a huge problem and you mentioned it especially without Grover Stewart there in the middle this is the final game of Grover Stewart's suspension he will be back next week against the Cincinnati Bengals but this this is arguably the team that that is best equipped to take advantage of of not having Grover Stewart in there the Colts have been better against the run over the past few weeks but this is going to be their their biggest test you know how is Taven Bryan going to match up there in the middle Eric Johnson uh those guys that have stepped in at the nose tackle position is 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 it's going to be key, you know, and, and I, I think that, that, that the, the Titans will certainly try to take advantage of that probably double team, uh, DeForest Buckner and, and leave a one-on-one matchup with Brian Johnson, Dio Dangbo, whoever is in the middle there of the Colts, uh, uh, Colts defensive line and, and just put hat on a hat and, and say, go, go do your thing. Derrick Henry so if the Colts really want to put the pressure on Will Levis to to go out there and win this game on on his back it stopped it starts right there with stopping Derrick Henry not allowing him to get going not allowing him to break one for for 65 70 yard touchdown and then just completely taking the air out of this defense you got to start with those guys up front and then put the onus on that rookie quarterback to go out there and and pull this team to a win yeah, and force the Titans to do what they have not done well this season. That is block for their quarterback. That is throw the ball. That is, you know, present a defense with an adequate threat uh, as far as pass catchers. Okay. When you when you put it all on Will Levis with all those factors, it could be a nightmare performance. It really could, just because he doesn't have a lot to throw to. Nothing against him. It's just he doesn't have a lot to throw to. They're one of the worst receiving cores in the league. If you allow them to start running the ball, though, then you get the play action going. Then it gives those receivers, and and uh, I think it's Oconquo, their tight end. Um, it gives them an opportunity to to get a step on those linebackers and get a step on the on the secondary. So it's still first and foremost, quarter to quarter. It is all about stopping Derrick Henry because if you don't, that opens up the entire offense. I agree. Stats Matt says his usage isn't as high as normal either, so he's not as beat up like he typically is yeah. this time of year. Very, very good point. Yeah. Stats Matt, you know, there you're getting a fresher Derrick Henry and and a guy that is that is going to be ready to take on this Colts uh, defensive front. So should should be an interesting battle there. You mentioned the pass catchers, Drake, and the last time these two teams faced off, Titans didn't get the win. But man, DeAndre Hopkins uh, was—it looked like DeAndre Hopkins of old. Uh, the way he carved up the the Colts defense, I think he had eight catches, 140 yards, uh, something to that 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 tune. Uh, wasn't wasn't a very good performance by this Colts secondary in, in trying to stop DeAndre Hopkins. So. What do you think is going to be this time around? Do you think we're still going to see another De- uh, DeAndre Hopkins, a uh, big time performance uh, from D Hop? It seems like Hopkins is certainly Will Levis's favorite receiver to go to, so I'm sure he's going to be throwing his way early and often. Or do you think the Colts can can have something for Hopkins and, and make things a little bit tougher on him this go around? 
I think they're going to make things tougher on him. He's only averaging about four catches a game. He's got 45 on the season. It's definitely, without question, the slowest pace, I think, that we've seen in perhaps DeAndre Hopkins' career, maybe since his rookie year when he was, I think, opposite Andre Johnson in Houston. Um, but, man, you're, you're I mean, I look, look at this last game. Seven of the 23 completions went to running backs. It went to Tajay Spears and Derrick Henry. Hopkins had his eight catches, but then you have Chigazim Okonkwo, five catches for 33 yards, and after that, it falls off a cliff. And, and they held Okonkwo, who is more of like a, a kind of a move and a quick tight end, they held him with in check to like 6.8 yards per, care, or per catch or something. So I think they're going to force those other pass catchers to win. I think they're going to do whatever they have to do. They're going to keep a guy over the top of, of Hopkins or whatever. But look, DeAndre Hopkins, he might be, I guess, on the wrong side of 30 for a receiver but he's still the number one guy. He's still a guy that can absolutely ruin your, your defense. If you allow him to, uh, you know, a perfect example is their first meeting where he had eight catches. I think it might've even been his best game of the year. Uh, so I think that when you talk about the Titans offense, number one is stopping Derrick Henry. And then once you stop him, the next guy they're going to go to, to make a play is Deandre Hopkins. So you've got to stop both those guys. And honestly, if you stop those two. It's really going to be difficult for the Titans to find someone else to make a play. It is, and and this this time around, I mean, Juju Brents likely isn't going to be out there. Brents was yep. the one that 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 was providing some help on on Hopkins, and Hopkins made most of his catches away from Juju Brents. Brents isn't going to be out there anymore, you know. So it's it's going to be on these young guys, Jalen Jones, who has been playing phenomenal football uh, uh, the so far this season, but Daryl Baker Jr., who's who's really stepped it up over these last few weeks how's he going to do uh, uh on deandre hopkins obviously hopkins will probably get some some snaps in the slot with kenny moore on him that's going to be a really fun battle to watch in my opinion but but they they the colts just can't get in these situations where it's it's third nine and and they get bailed out by a 12 yard catch by deandre hopkins the you really need to make sure that he is accounted for on every single play and i i, I think I think with DeAndre Hopkins, you, he's going to get some catches. He's going to make some first downs. I, I don't think you can completely take him out of the game, but you can certainly get in his face. You know, I, I think I, I think when you're talking about uh, uh, just remembering in that last matchup, Juju Brents was very physical with DeAndre Hopkins. Hopkins likes to complain a lot to officials. He likes to initiate a lot of contact to try to uh, uh, try to maybe get some of those phantom calls and, and going up against these young Colts cornerbacks that may work at times. So I think making sure you, you, you are physical up to a point with Deandre Hopkins. Don't let him get a free release off the line of scrimmage. And then just making sure you stay disciplined in your technique. I think that's going to be the biggest thing. Don't grab there at the end. Uh, don't get overzealous late in the route because he is a veteran wide receiver. He's He he can make you uh, easily make mistakes. So it's going to be up to these young cornerbacks to really, really just stay disciplined in their technique and, and not fall behind uh, on Deandre Hopkins because on any given play, he can make you pay yeah and he's de he's developed a, a rapport with will levis where i think that will levis really trusts him and he trusts levis's arm uh, but at the end of the day man it's like you said it's the, i love that you brought up the young corners because yes kenny moore he can be bumped to the outside and he can cover if needed but man i'm really intrigued to see that jalen jones versus deandre hopkins matchup because while juju brents is physical I truly believe a guy that just simply does not allow completions like Jalen Jones, he's even more physical. So will we see penalties? Will we see jawing? I can tell you right now, I, I'm already if there, if there was a fan duel or, or DraftKings bet, will Jalen Jones and DeAndre Hopkins eventually talk crap to each other? I really do think that that's a safe one to take. It's probably a favorite bet. So uh, that, that's a matchup that's kind of underrated. I'm looking forward to because both those guys just bring so much physicality to, to their respective positions. X Factor. Who is going to make the biggest difference in this game for the Indianapolis Colts, whether it's offense or defense? Who's going to be the difference maker, Drake? I had a couple guys. This was actually really hard. Um, it's it's a guy who's going to be playing on defense, but I think that he, he's an X factor because they're going to say, the Titans are going to say, look, Abacom had two sacks in this last game. You can't let him ruin Levis. You can't let him get all those pressures. DeForest Buckner is their best defensive player, arguably outside of maybe Zaire Franklin. My X factor is Dio Dangbo. I think that there's going to be opportunities for Dio Dangbo to sneak in a sack, maybe even get two. This is a bad offensive line. 
All right, they're 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 not good. That's one mm-hmm. of the reasons Derrick Henry averages four point two yards per carry is that they can't block and they're young. So I just think there's an opportunity for for because there's so much attention that will un, without question beyond DeForest Buckner and without question beyond Ebicom after his two sack performance. I think Dio Dangbo is going to sneak in there as an X factor. I like that one. And honestly, I, I was going to go with with what stats Matt is saying. Whoever plays that one technique in the defense to stop the run and force them to pass. Mm. Aaron Johnson, uh, uh Taven Bryan, Dio. Uh I was going to go, I was gonna go there. Truett agrees with you, Drake going with uh with Dio Odangbo. That's who I was gonna go with. But man, I, I keep thinking about the offensive side of the ball and how big of an impact Zach Moss had in that last matchup. And and with the the Tennessee Titans, they're they're gonna, really going to try to to stop Zach Moss and and make sure this Colts running game doesn't take over. But I think the best chance they have of winning and putting up points is if they're able to run the ball on this Tennessee Titans team. And with Jonathan Taylor out, it all falls on Zach Moss to take that pressure off of Gardner Minshew. So I'm going with Zach Moss. Uh, and and just just hearing him, him speak this week, I think he's 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 confident, not cocky, that he can have a really good game uh, uh, against the the Tennessee Titans. Um, he seems laser focused uh, he knows that that this running game is is going to fall on him as as well so i'm gonna go with zach moss i i don't think he's going to have the huge game that he had uh previously in the season against the tennessee titans but but i think for the colts to win we're gonna have to see probably a hundred yard performance and, and a touchdown at least out of zach moss for the colts to get the w so colts versus titans one o'clock eastern on sunday at nissan stadium matt ryan former Colts quarterback is going to be the color commentator for this game. So it'll be good to see Matty ice up in the booth, watching his, uh, his former team, but who you got Drake, this could could be very, a big, a big game for the Indianapolis Colts. As far as staying in the AFC playoff picture, do you think the Colts come out with the victory or are they heading back to, uh, to, to Indianapolis before they head to Kansas city, I guess is in, in week 14 at uh, six and six. Oh, well, first off, there was something that just came to my mind when you mentioned that Matt, Matt Ryan's going to be doing the broadcasting. I am upset with him because I was so pumped when he came to the Colts. I even bought a shirt that said Matty Ice. So thanks, Matt Ryan. (laughs) Um, But uh, man, it's going to be a hard fought victory. I did have a closer game at first, but I think it's 21-14 Colts. And I think Derrick Henry scores both of those touchdowns for the Titans. And I think that they're going to force Levis into at least a turnover. I think they're going to be able, the defense is going to be able to get the ball back, but just be prepared for Minshew to not have the game, the efficient game he did the first time. They've had a whole week to prepare for him. They get back tart in the middle. They're going to look to take away the running game. I think that the Titans right out of the gate are going to make Gardner Minshew beat them, but I do think the Colts are going to get this win. I, I do too. I, I think the Colts are going to get their fourth win in a row. I just think that the momentum is on their side and, and, and I think they're going to be able to overtake this Tennessee team. We didn't really talk about it much, but I, I do think that the that not having having Kevin Byard back there in the secondary is going to have a bigger impact there than we think because mm-hmm. the Colts, Kevin Byard was, was notorious for getting interceptions against the Indianapolis Colts and making things making things really difficult for uh, for the players for the Colts wide receivers. He's not there anymore. So I'm going Colts 24, Titans 16. I I think that Ooh. the Colts defense is going to step up. Uh, it's going to be a lot of bend, but don't break. But once the Colts get those the, the Titans in the red zone and things kind of tighten up, I don't think Will Levis is going to ma- be able to make those those types of make very many plays down there. So they're going to have to settle for for quite a bit of quite a quite a few field goals. So I'm going Colts 24, Titans 16, and the Colts move to seven and five on the year before they head off to take on the Cincinnati Bengals. Let's look at the injury report here, Drake, and see see what the Colts uh, are looking like health-wise, and and some good, some bad. Starting out with Juju Brents. We already talked about it. Uh, looks like he's going to miss his fifth straight game. Um, not good. You know, you, you want to get that your second-round pick back in the fold. Brents was showing 
quite a bit of promise before he was uh, uh, before he suffered this quad injury. Thankfully, Daryl Baker Jr. has stepped up in in his stead. But man, Juju Brent's coming back would certainly just just help bolster this this unit that that is getting better as the season goes along. Yeah, and he's he just fits so well into Gus Bradley's scheme. But I think that the silver lining here is like like you said, look at look at who has filled in. I mean, this has been an injury just riddled team, and you've had guys that have filled in admirably. And like you said, Daryl Baker Jr. Again, he's got a good he's got a good opportunity here to have another solid performance. Just because outside of DeAndre Hopkins, I think he can honestly, I think he can cover those receivers. So, but man, you really do want to hope you do want to see Juju Brents back and this would be a perfect game for him to return. But honestly, you're just hoping with six games left that he returns at some point this season. And I'll say it again, doesn't turn out to be a Jelani Woods type of situation. I agree. One guy has been limited all week to Forrest Buckner with a shoulder injury. He could be a DNP all week to Forrest Buckner is not missing this He'll game. Play. So <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not worried about Defoe suiting yeah. up on Sunday. And yeah. then, and outside of Jonathan Taylor, Jonathan Taylor was also a DNP, but we knew that he's going to miss a couple weeks. A lot of guys uh, with the full designation on Thursday, including Ryan Kelly and Drew Ogletree who have missed the past few games. Kelly looks good to go from that concussion. Bernard Ryman, has been listed with a knee injury all week, but he's been a full participant every single day. And then Isaiah McKenzie dealing with a toe injury was a DNP on Wednesday, but a full participant on Thursday. So really outside of Juju Brents, Colts, and obviously Jonathan Taylor, I, I, I keep forgetting about Taylor, but outside of Brents and Taylor, guys that aren't on IR, Colts are, are getting healthy at, at a really good time. Yeah, and hey, this is no disrespect to the Titans wide receiver core, but if there was a if there was a week where the Colts, especially in this playoff run, where they can't really afford to lose, if there was a, a time where they had to miss Juju Brents for a game, this is it. You know, this is really the game where they need to miss him because I think it might be the weakest receiver core they face uh, outside of maybe the Atlanta Falcons uh, later on in the year. So, um, hey, you know what? I love seeing Ryan Kelly healthy. Love seeing Drew Ogletree back and Bernard Ryman as always being the staple on the blind side. Joshua Smith asks, uh, is Grover Stewart back for the Steelers? He will be, but Grover Stewart's actually back next week against the Cincinnati Bengals. This is the last game that Grover Stewart will be suspended for. He'll be back in the lineup next week. So I'm sure the Colts are, are really itching to get Big Grove back in that starting lineup and just the kind of impact that he's going to have, especially in the run game. Let's go to the latest Colts news and rumors to check out what's going on with this team. Uh, Shaq Leonard, we'll, we'll keep giving updates on on the maniac until he does find a, a new home Shaq Leonard uh uh coming this week met with the Dallas Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles uh still making a decision I think a decision is expected uh here within the next few days but it looks like it's it's all but a given that Shaq Leonard is going to be heading to one of those NFC East teams it's just a matter of of which one so Drake real quick which uh who would you which, which team would you rather see Shaq Leonard on the Dallas Cowboys or the Philadelphia Eagles well, let's see. Which team is not the Cowboys? Hmm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Cowboys fans, I'm joking. Hey, look, the Cowboys have been through a lot. I get it. Um, I, I, I would really like to see Shaq Leonard, especially after being with one team for so long. I want to see him go back to a familiar face. I want to see him go to Nick Sirianni. Um, I think it would be good for it's. It's already good for football that he's getting these offers, but I think that he would thrive more in Nick Sirianni's, you know, Philadelphia Eagles defense than he would with the Cowboys. So hoping he goes there. But either way, whichever team he lands on, especially if it's one of these two, number one, they're going to be able to use him right away, and number two, I think it's going to be the best situation for him to win a Super Bowl. I, I, if I, in my honest opinion, I think he probably goes to the Eagles. Um, I, I think they could certainly use him, and I think if Shaq Leonard really wants a a, a Super Bowl ring. His best chance is going That's to be it. with the Eagles. So either way, it's going to be fun to see what what Shaq Leonard does at his next destination, I'll, and I'll certainly be tuned in for that. The last thing tonight, the Colts have a flexed game. Drake, they're they're getting their own primetime TV spot. Colts first Steelers week 15 has been flexed in and it's going to be Saturday, December 16th, 4.30 p.m. Eastern at Lucas Oil Stadium here in a couple weeks. So it'll be a standalone game Colts Steelers at that 4.30 mark. And honestly, that game is going to be huge, huge AFC playoff implications for that game. 
Colts, Steelers, both in, in a dogfight for for those last playoff spots in the AFC, those wild card spots. So, and and I think, I mean, the the Steelers are still have a, a really good chance of winning the division as as well. So, real big playoff implications for that game. Yeah, and if I'm not mistaken, yeah, it's a home game, so that's even mm-hmm. bigger because you know if they can get through this game with the Titans, then you have a Joe Burrowless Cincinnati Bengals, and then you get a home matchup with a very, very, a very much struggling Steelers offense. So um, that that's that's huge. I'm so happy to see the Colts got a primetime game because after last year and now the NFL basically said, here's all the primetime games you can eat. Uh, I, I'm happy to see them at least get one because the NFL initially said absolutely not yeah and the Steelers offense last week they certainly they looked a lot better I think their yeah. first immediately they fire Matt Canada immediately get 400 <laughs> yards of offense so uh yeah all, I, I think that that kind of just right there tells what what the problem was but exactly. it's gonna be a really tough game against the Steelers in a couple weeks Colts historically have not uh, uh played the Steelers very well the Steelers have gotten the best of them and with Indianapolis not being that far of a drive for Pittsburgh there's going to be a lot of terrible towels inside oh, yeah. of Lucas Oil Stadium it, it's it's going to be a a uh, I wouldn't say it's gonna it's not going to be a road game for the Colts but it's going to be there's going to be a lot of Steelers fans inside of Lucas Oil Stadium so that's that's going to be a dogfight of a matchup that that that's really I think worthy of a primetime matchup of a primetime game with these two teams so that's our show for this evening guys really appreciate you uh joining us talking Colts football tonight against the Tennessee Titans gonna be a fun one in Nissan Stadium Colts Titans do the Colts get the sweep Drake and I both think so we detailed what we think it's going to take for Indianapolis to move to seven and five so if you if you haven't done so already please go follow us on all of our socials like Horseshoe Huddle on Facebook Follow at Colts on FN on X and subscribe to the Horseshoe Huddle YouTube channel. Hit that bell so you know whenever Drake and I go live, whenever Shad goes live with the Saddle Up show, so you never miss an episode. Don't forget to hit the like button on this video as well. But if you can't catch us on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever you listen to podcasts, we're on there as well. So make sure you subscribe. Give us a five-star review so we can reach other Colts fans just like you. Drake, you've been writing away for horseshoehuddle.com. We've got a lot of good content out there on the site right now. Tell the people what they need to go check out. So I just released uh, uh, one of my two of my pieces that just released are why Zach Moss should be retained by the Indianapolis Colts. I gave three reasons for that. Uh, and then a rookie defender, uh, <laughs> Jalen Jones, is playing at a historic level. Dude is a freaking dog. So go check out that piece. And then I've got upcoming, as always, my five keys to beating the Tennessee Titans. Make sure you go check those out. For me, Shane Steichen and Zach Moss both spoke to the media yesterday talking about Jonathan Taylor's absence and Zach Moss once again stepping up into that role as the main back. And hearing from Steichen and Zach Moss, they don't have any worries uh, about Moss taking back over as running back one. And, And personally, I don't either. I think Zach Moss is a hell of a player. And uh, I think, like I said, any other year, this Jonathan Taylor injury would be catastrophic for the Colts. Zach Moss doesn't make that so. So go check that out. Plus all the wonderful writings on horseshoehuddle.com. Go follow Drake at Drake. You can follow me at Andrew Moore NFL. And we will be back live Monday night to break down the Colts versus the Titans, everything that happened from Nissan Stadium on Sunday. And Drake and I are also making our return to the Bleacher Report app. So if you're have, if you if you're on your lunch break, uh, 11.30 a.m. Eastern this Monday, Drake and I are going to be live on the Bleacher Report app talking Colts football and, and talking about that Titans matchup. So if If you want to tune in on Bleach Report, make sure you do that and make sure you follow both of us on X to get that link as well. So everyone, enjoy your weekend. Hopefully the Colts come out with a victory for you Colts fans, and we'll be seeing you Monday night.